Okay, thanks to uh, Tom and Ben and Chad who will be presenting for us this morning. Also, I have a question. How many of you are here and you are single? Would you stand up? You're here and you're single. All right, let's give them a hand. That is very significant uh, in the church. Um, child training is a community effort. Uh, as Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village. <laughs> What's the deal? It takes a village. It just has to be the right village. Um, so I'm going to give some broad introductory remarks. and I'll, I, This is very interesting. I, I tried to coordinate the uh, seminar, and so I asked for notes. And so I sent out the ones I was going to do, and then somebody sent back, and four of their points were the same as three of mine. And then the next person sent back and said, well, I was going to do point two of that one, so you're going to get a smattering all the way through of uh, all the points that are important to us. Uh, Thanks to Andrea and Matthew, who uh, really pushed us to do this to get it started, uh, LCF, when we get finished, we're going to continue to have monthly meetings about child training uh, until my grandchildren are in college. And then uh, I suppose the other churches will follow up in some ways as well. Um, I've, got, uh, I've got two couples that I'm doing premarital counseling with right now. One couple, uh, the man decided to do his bachelor party today. The other couple, they're on the front row. And so, so we understand where the priorities are. In part of the <laughs> Tell Christian I said that, please. Okay, All right, good. okay so uh, like always, we're going to start knowing God. Uh, child training is probably the second most uh, powerful means God uses uh, to introduce us to himself. Uh, From beginning to end, child training is about you coming to know God as you struggle to help your child come to know God. And so all along the way, you're going to get to know more and more about God if you live your child training in relationship with God. If you get desperate and all you need is an answer to your current problem, you're probably going to get a lot of answers, uh, but you'll miss the real reason for God giving you those kids. So, John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And over the years we've learned that coming to know God really means this. We figure out that God knows us, and we discover who we are as He reveals Himself to us so deeply. I listed our eight values. Let me just read them real quick. So, in context, you make sure that like a classical education, this is not an isolated topic where you come and get answers and learn how to do something, uh, but it is an extension of your full life. And so our full life involves this. First of all, knowing God. Uh, and in knowing God, knowing that He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that there has been an eternal community there. And there's a relationship between them that's reflected in the church. As we try to live out the glory and the reflection of God in the earth, here's what we understand. We need to be broken, and we need to be servants. We need to come to the place of humility, which is absolute dependence on Christ, and we need to learn to how, how to let His life flow through us. 
And that's the last point. Christ in you, Colossians 1.27 tells us, is your only hope for glory. And it is the means by which God wants to glorify Himself in the earth. So, my first point is vision. And speaking of God's glory, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. The glory of God is manifest in the earth through us as individuals when we live out His purposes. That means God is living here and now because I exist here and now. God is being glorified through your life as you, in obedience, receive His commission to train your children up. As you are participating in that, that in and of itself is the glory of God. Whether anyone sees it, God is being glorified in the earth. So every moment, every second you give to training your children is uh, bringing honor to Him. And I think sometimes we think of the great evangelist or the missionary glorifying God, wiping the peanut butter off the refrigerator handle and teaching your child not to do that next time is equally important in obedience to God. And that brings Him glory. If you ever lose sight of that, you will think you're wasting your life during these years. But as long as you understand that your obedience in teaching your children obedience is, boom, glorifying God Almighty, then you'll do okay. This is from Andrew Murray's book, uh, How to Raise Children for Christ. God's purpose in the creation of man was to make known to the universe his own unseen glory and perfection. Man was not only to have single points of resemblance to God, but in all he was and did upon earth, he was also to prove that he was indeed created in God's image and after his likeness. So, To God's glory in child training means that our children become the image of Christ and out of that live in the earth as the ambassadors of the kingdom of God. As you create vision, they need to know and understand that they are in God and they need to know who they are in God's kingdom in a Christian worldview. You have got to help them understand I am a creation of God and I live here as a representative of Him. That sounds simple, but it's not. Uh, A lot of times, the worldview in which we live creeps in. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want this. I want that. I am a creation of God, and I live to manifest His glory. That's the Christian worldview. And you've got to help your child move to that. Number two, this includes deep resources of love and provision. Your child must know that he or she has deep love and deep provision extended both from God directly but also indirectly through you. Your child should know that he can do, she can do whatever she's called to do. And then number three, this also includes laying down their lives for other people. Laying down their lives for other people. So number one, they need to know and understand who they are in God. Number two... They need to understand in that they have deep resource. And out of that, they are to bless other people. Whatever was in God's heart in John 3.16, 
when he sent his son to die for others, that's got to be in your heart about your kids. I'm training you and I'm raising you up to give you away for other people. And what was, whatever was in the heart of Jesus when he gave us the material to write Philippians chapter 2, that's got to be in your heart and you've got to be able to develop that in your child's heart. Although he was full of love and provision, although he was the image of God, he didn't think it a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself and became a servant. So those two things, you've got, that's got to be your vision. That my kid would believe that he or she can do whatever God calls them to. But think about it. When you think about your child, do you think your child becoming the President of the United States? Or do you think about your child making a difference in people's lives in the United States? Do you have a vision of your child as the head of a, of a business? Or do you have in your heart your child blessing Lexington out of the business that God makes him a steward over? Let me say that again. Because this was a lesson I learned about me. Do you view your child as the President of the United States? Or do you view how the United States can be changed and touched by your child? Do you view your child as a successful businessman? Briefcase. Yeti. <laughs> Lamborghini. Or do you view Lexington change because your child exists and you spent 20 years preparing him or her to make a difference? You've got to have a vision. God loved and gave. Jesus loved and gave up. All right. Somewhere in the child training seminar, you've got to do this. Um, Genesis 18, 17 through 19, and this is still part of vision. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. We got started late, so I'm trying to make up time. I'm just going to, rather than go there, I'm going to comment on it. God was getting ready to destroy a city. He wanted Abraham to understand what was going on. And so he consulted with him and they talked about what should happen in Sodom and Gomorrah. His reason for this was that he knew Abraham was going to pass on who he was. They received the Ten Commandments. They learned what community was supposed to be. And he knew that Abraham was involved in extending to the nations. And so he consulted with him. God wants to consult with you. Part of the way he does that is with your children. He is giving you insight to who they are. And now you and he counsel together about bringing them into their inheritance. This harkens back to the, the creation mandate in Genesis uh, 1.28. And it harkens forward to the Great Commission in uh, Matthew 28, there at the end.
God is involved with you because He knows that you're preparing your children to image Him in the earth. You've got to believe that. Okay, let's keep going very quickly. I have seven minutes left. Old Testament. Training. The whole idea of training. Training versus teaching. I'm just going to skip the definitions and I'm going to encourage you to read those definitions. Uh, Here's the thing about definitions. They always have a perspective. They have a theological perspective, a philosophical perspective. They are contextual. And so never say this is the definition of training or this is the definition of teaching. Say this is the definition of training in which I operate. Uh, and you will find that these words are used differently throughout the Bible. But uh, for, for where we are right now, for this, this, uh, this time of training, I'm going to read a section from another book so that we understand what we mean when we talk about training versus teaching. The term training, like the term teaching, is used in various senses. Hence, it is liable to be differently understood by different person... Hmm. Typo. When applied to a single department of a parent's duties in the bringing up of his children, indeed the terms training and teaching are often used interchangeably as covering the entire process of a child's education. In this sense, a child's training is understood to include his teaching, and again his teaching is understood to include his training. Sounds a little confusing, but stick with it. It it, it figures it out. But in its more restricted sense, the training of a child is the shaping... You might want to underline that, underline that. The developing and the controlling of his personal faculties and powers. While the teaching of a child is the securing to him of knowledge from beyond himself. It has been said that the essence of teaching is causing another to know. It might similarly be said that the essence of training is causing another to do. Teaching gives knowledge. Training gives skill. Teaching fills the mind. Training shapes the habits. Teaching brings to the child that which he did not have before. Training enables a child to make use of that which is already his possession. We teach a child the meaning of words. We train a child in speaking and walking. We teach him the truths which we have learned for ourselves, and we train him in habits of study, that he may be able to learn other truths for himself. Again, a sentence you might want to underline. Training and teaching must go on together in the wise upbringing of any and every child. The one will fail of its own best end if it be not accompanied by the other. He who knows how to teach a child is not competent for the oh, oh, he, he who does not know how <laughs> he who knows how to teach a child is not competent for the oversight of a child's education unless he also knows how to train a child which is it, it, it is a it is a very important plane <coughs> in our platform for the education of our children it must include training in intellectual virtues That is, the discipline and the ability to focus their mind and to give diligence to study so that it can become knowledge that they own. Okay, so that is from this book right here, Hints on Child Training.
So I have listed at the end of my notes four books. I'll quote from three of them. Uh, the fourth one, I think, at least the title, uh, uh, influences what Chad is going to share with us this morning. Uh, but this book, Hints on Child Training, it's listed at the end. So you have it. How many of you all remember the child training seminar we had on Elaine Drive? David Lanier, who celebrated 50 years of marriage last night, uh, was one of our primary counselors on many levels, homeschooling, uh, counseling, and child training. This is the book he used. Uh, I went and bought a copy. I cut the spine off of it, punched it, and uh, oftentimes I refer to it. It's a great book. Uh, you'll enjoy it. You can almost read it devotionally. It's very inspiring. It points you toward God. The next chart comes from another book, probably the most promoted book, at least by myself, What the Bible Says About Child Training. That's also listed. Chad is going to, I believe, detail uh, the stages in which we train. But just a brief explanation of this. When you begin with your children, the first thing you do, the doctor trains them. He pats them on the butt and they go... <gasps> He has trained them to take a breath. Maybe others, uh, others, maybe they don't do that anymore. But uh, <laughs> on TV uh, um, and in olden times, when this this book is a hundred years old, uh, they would they would cause them to breathe, and they maybe the reflex hadn't kicked in yet for some reason, but they clear their mouth, they pat them, and they make them breathe. In the early years, you make your children do a lot of things. And this graph shows you that you gradually go from controlling them to releasing them in freedom because of the teaching. It's in Fugate's book. You can read it uh, more fully. But I think Chad's, uh, Chad's going to explain that pretty fully. So, uh, But you can find that graph in Fugate's book. Okay. Number three, a three-legged stool. So, uh, everybody knows that a three-legged stool doesn't serve a, a much of a purpose unless you want to pull a practical joke, and then they do come in handy. Uh, but a three-legged, a two-legged stool doesn't. So, here's the three legs. God, you, and the community. You need all three. Whenever you plant a tree, if, it's, if you're in a windy area or if the, the roots are, or if it's a small root ball or even if it's a big tree, a lot of times they will put restraints on that tree. Usually there's three, sometimes there's, there's four. But if you only have two, it can pull in the direction uh, left or right perpendicular to those, to those two. But if you have three, it puts perfect tension in all three. First of all, God, let me speak about Him. First, through His Word, and then through His life, He is the most important person involved in training your children. Everybody say, God, God. is the most important person training my children. That should make you feel real good. That should help you. He will take every mistake you make and turn it for good. He will take every mistake you make and turn it for good. Remember Joseph when his brothers came? He said, 
you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So take, everybody say, God will use all my mistakes and turn them for good. good. Alright, number two, He will take the whole world and work it together for good for your child. Not just your mistakes. But the Bible tells us in 8.28, Romans, all things work together for good. Hallelujah. There is a God in heaven and He knows my child. And He's working all things together for that child's good. Say praise the Lord. And then He will never leave or forsake your child. Uh, In Hebrews 13.5b it says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But in Matthew 18.10, I love this. And I I often thought about this uh, when we were raising our children. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. And that is to say, God is directly in touch with an angel that is watching out for your child. So number one on this stool, most important, and there's nothing you can do to ruin this one. God's got it. And He's going to train your child. Number two is you. Here's my encouragement on number two. Listen to what the other guys have to say. But number three is community. And uh, it does take a village. Let me share with you some things we do that as a community we encourage everyone to do uh, that helps us as a community care for our children. And then I'm going to end there because some other people are going to uh, share. On the back of your notes you will find... Um, Susanna Wesley's 16 rules for her kids in the house. Uh, I wanted to throw her in because of the books I listed, there there were none of them that were actually Wesleyan. Uh, And she wasn't really Wesleyan, she was Episcopal, but I I figured her son did have some influence on her. So um, that's one thing you might want to think about. Every child training book, uh, you have to have some, some insight to the author's theology because... How, however, however nuanced it is, it does train toward a view of God. Okay? So, that's my disclaimer on those books. Alright, here's some things we do as community. The third leg of the stool. God's involved. You have a responsibility. You're here today because you want to take that responsibility. But number three, community. It takes a village. Number one, I highly encourage all of our men to do a vision weekend every year. It's a chart that lists many of the things that you're going to hear about today. And we ask our men as the leader of their house to spend October, November, December planning for the next year in regard to the character issues, the training issues, consult with his wife, and then have a weekend where they lay that out for the family They have a weekend of prayer and they invite another older brother in to give some accountability to make sure that he is is creating vision and focusing on vision uh, so that over the next year they're fulfilling the things they need to do in that phase. And again, Chad, you are going to go through those phases pretty detailed. This is so important that that you hear that teaching. 
Um, and so number one, we ask all of our men to do that, and we as men hold each other accountable to it. Home fellowship leaders are supposed to make sure that that, that vision weekend happens. Uh, number two, uh, I have no idea what that means. Number three, um, we have a children's... Me- oh. uh, number three, we have a children. It'll come to me later on. Number three, uh, we have a children's manual. What that children's manual does is it gives you a structure to go through the whole Bible um, with a view toward the big picture. I cannot express how important the big picture is and I can't express how frustrated I am that that's the one thing that got left out of the manual. It was a three-ring binder for years, but then it got sent to Amazon.com, and the big picture's not in the front. I'll send it to everybody. I just figured that out about a month ago, uh, but we're going to get it put in. But it is so important for you to have the big... Well, it's just the big picture up front. The whole thing does uh, uh, take you through. And so here's what, here's what is so awesome about it. We're all doing it. We're all going through it together. We're all in the same place. So that gives our fathers an opportunity to say, hey, how are you teaching this? Really, our mothers. Uh, How are you doing that? And then when you come on uh, Friday night or Saturday night, I can't even say them all. Whenever you come to church, we have a teacher there. And the teacher's job is to come along beside you as parents and see how your kids are doing. And if you're falling short to help you do a better job. Think about that. Number four, youth. When they get past the the children's manual, then we have youth. We are continually encouraging the fathers to be community around their kids. And we encourage our fathers to plan and to participate and to carry the creation of community among their teenagers. That's an amazing thing when it works. It's a horrible thing when it doesn't. Fathers, we encourage you to be extremely involved in knowing the community of teenagers that your kid relates to and help him or her be in that community as a representative of God. Number five, homeschooling co-op Mars Hill. It's one of the, one of the most important things I do as the headmaster of Mars Hill is to run what we call a senior seminar. And for me... That is the place that we gather together all that we've taught and help your kids, your senior kids, lead the school. And here's here's the way it works. We have senior retreat right before the Mars Hill retreat. And at the end of senior retreat, here's what I ask. And we go through Brother Skaramatsov. And the whole theme of Brother Skaramatsov is active love. It's going out into the world and being what you're supposed to be for other people without regard to yourself. And so I ask them, I say, so we're going to create the team. If you want to be on the team, you give up your senior year. It's not going to be about your graduation. It's not going to be about your party. It's not going to be about special privilege. It's going to be about you laying your life down to care for the rest of the students. That is one of the most amazing things that I get to do. Let me tell you, the team this past year, who had a, who had a student on the team this past year? Would you raise your hand? Let me tell you guys, how awesome to be able to walk off the campus, no other adult there, and to turn to Shelby and say, Shelby, I'm leaving. 
and it felt like the school was in better hands than it was five seconds earlier. <laughs> true fact. True fact. And so to have a community that they can participate in where they lay their life down, not achieving something for the resume, but honestly giving them, themselves over. Okay, it's time for a break.